The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Now, if you've been out and about around Edmonton, about the capital region today, you might have thought it was the Oscars with all the pink that everybody is wearing. <laughs> but today is, in fact, Pink Shirt Day. And we start the show with an expert on technology's impact on human behavior. Yeah, Diana Graber, an author, educator, and mom. She developed and teaches a course called Cyber Civics, which is now taught in 42 U.S. states. And she's written a book called Raising Humans in a Digital World. She joins us online right now. Hi, Diana. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for making the time. We really appreciate it as we uh, continue the conversation about bullying, what can be done, how to handle it, all of those things. May may I start by asking, could you define for us bullying uh, as opposed to harassment, as opposed to just being a dink? (laughs) Well, you know, I teach uh, students in the classroom about cyberbullying, and what I tell them is it's identifiable by the following characteristics. It's online, it's intentional, it's repeated, and it's harmful. Mm. So that's a little bit different from just your regular teasing or what I like to call digital drama, which is sometimes not really harmful but still hurtful. Um, It might happen once or twice, but it's not continual. So there is a distinction there between just teasing your friends, a little bit of drama, and then severe bullying or cyberbullying. Yeah, and I'm certainly not uh, trying in any way to make light of it, but I know that when the topic is bullying or when the term is used, you'll get that pushback from people going, well, I was bullied and I'm fine, and you know who can't take a little bit of criticism? But I'm a father of four, and I can tell you that at least two of my children, mm-hmm. one was moved from one school to another uh, to avoid bullying, and... and that was back before the internet and then the last one it was devastating to her absolutely devastating i mean we feared for her mental health honestly yeah i mean that's the thing you know uh, the way the child responds to it is really different per child and something that may seem you know just just hurtful to an adult to a child may feel may much worse so it's important to keep in mind that every child is different and how every child responds to a situation is different. Diana, I'm curious to know how you got involved with this. Why did this become something that uh, you've decided to work so hard on? Well, you know, when my own children were approaching middle school, I had gone back and gotten a master's in something called media psychology and social change. And um, right when I was finishing my program, their own little school, which is a very small public charter school in Southern California called Journey School, experienced its first cyberbullying incident. And so, you know, I saw it occur within my daughter's class, and I thought, gosh, this is something we could have prevented and preempted with a little education. So with the principal's permission, we started a program called Cyber Civics. And within that program, we teach the children what cyberbullying is, how to identify it, how to prevent it, and what to do if you see it. So, gosh, that was about nine years ago, and now that program is being taught in 42 U.S. states and in a lot of schools up in Canada as well. You know, Diana, I have to ask, when it comes to educating people about cyberbullying particularly, is it the children we need to educate solely, or is it the parents as well? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, It's both. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is with parents, this world happens so fast to us that sometimes we don't really understand cyberbullying or just what happens in the digital universe. And so within the Cyber Civics program, we have these send home letters that go home to, with, parent, with the children to the parents. 
and they include at-home activities that align with the lessons we teach in the classroom. And I like to call that our trickle-up theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we, we want the lessons to trickle up to the parents. And by doing these activities together, they can both learn about cyberbullying. You, you mentioned identifying cyberbullying and the t- you know tools for combating it. What are some of those tools? Well, the, the, thing, the one upside of cyberbullying is that it's online, and that means lots of people see it. So that means lots of people can do something about it. And one piece of data that I read years ago that really disturbed me was that, you know, some huge percentage of kids will see cyberbullying and a very small percentage know what to do when they see it. And and I thought that was so discouraging that, you know, that's one thing we really focus on in cyber civics is teaching the kids what to do. Um, Number one, they can be an upstander. And by being an upstander, that doesn't mean that you have to get the courage to stand up to the bully, but it means you can give a word of comfort to the target and make them feel better, say something kind, know that they're, let them know that you're there for them. Or you can report it to an, uh, a trusted adult and make sure it doesn't happen again. And for some kids, they do have the courage to stand up to a bully. And, and to those kids, I, I uh, recommend that they do it, you know, with, with um, empathy and compassion, but they do let the bully know that that kind of behavior will not be tolerated by them online. How do you give a child the confidence, the courage to do that? Is that uh, leading by example as parents? Well, for sure it's leading by example. And, and what I do tell the kids is, you know, if, if it's hard for you to do that, remember there's other ways to be an upstander. But also remember that you can do it together. And, and what I'm trying to do is help kids know that they can create social norms that they want to see in their own online world and to decide amongst themselves, like, this is the kind of world that we want to communicate in and coordinate and play in and and you know without parent intervention because parents aren't there online where where kids need them kids need to start coming up with those norms together and amongst themselves you know diana how much responsibility falls with social media platforms themselves because they all have policies which don't allow for hate speech or bullying or uh you know any of these uh, negative efforts and yet it seems like they don't do much about it and oftentimes i've seen bullying that's been reported on say twitter and twitter has said you know we've reviewed it and it doesn't meet the criteria of bullying or whatever but i think if that same thing was said to somebody who worked at Twitter in the office, they'd probably be fired <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, you're talking to an American. You know, our, we don't have the best role model here <laughs> in, our, in our own country amongst adults. But that being said, I would like to see social media networks do a whole lot more. And one area I think they could really start with is really enforcing their age limits. You know, when I observe cyberbullying amongst kids, a lot of times it's happening with children who are below the the, uh, minimum age of 13 that most social media networks require users to be. So, and you have to remember kids under 13 do not have well-developed ethical thinking skills yet, so they're going to engage in some of these poor behaviors. So that's a really simple way for social media um, networks to step up to the plate at the very minimum, like really control those age minimums that, you know, to make sure your users are truly 13 and above. Um, we all know that technology is pretty advanced these days, and I'm sure there's a mechanism they could uh, implement in their sites to, make, to be sure that their users are who they say they are and are as old as they say they are. Diana Graber, the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and co-founder of CyberWise, joining us this afternoon on this pink shirt day. Um, and, you know, Andrew, you know, was talking about having to move uh, one of his kids, um, you know, different schools because of bullying. And, you know, probably 
that story is over and over again. I certainly, you know, I have a friend whose kid just stopped going to school. She said, I'm not going. Um, uh, and, and mom would go to the school and complain about what was going on and say, okay, we need to do something. How can we, how can mm-hmm. we fix this? And the schools wouldn't, the school in question wouldn't do anything, Diana. They said, you know, well, we'll go talk to the parents, do all this sort of stuff. The school itself never did anything. Now, I know one of your programs is, you know, being taught now in, in uh, schools across 42 states. How do you get the schools to step up on this? Well, I mean, that's heartbreaking that a school wouldn't independently no. decide to step up. I mean, that that's so sad. And I think in this instance, we have to remember that it takes a village, right? So parents need to demand that their schools do something when these incidences occur. And I think parents should demand that their kids get education in digital literacy, which includes education about cyberbullying. Um, you know, when you think about it, our kids are going to engage online their entire lives. It's probably the single thing they're going to do most, you know, mm-hmm. from here on forward. So it's incumbent upon us to teach kids how to use digital tools safely, ethically, and wisely. Diana, I have to read a text to you, and, and I want to answer the text myself, but I'm going to let you answer it. <laughs> um, question for your guests. Bullying isn't being used to define bullying is being used to define virtually everything nowadays. Is it going to get to a point where we as a society become so soft that we are unable to handle a bit of criticism or confrontation when it does happen? Basically the snowflakes syndrome. I find that every child nowadays is either offended or screams bullying at virtually everything and it's like nobody can handle confrontation or criticism anymore, almost like we are becoming passive sheep. Well, first of all, that's something that I would not respond to online. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, that, that requires a discussion face-to-face. Um, and again, I'd go back to what I said earlier. You know, it, it's easy for us as adults to make those judgments. But, you know, every child is different, and the way they respond to situations in their universe is unique to that child. And I, I feel like child, childhood, is, childhood is so precious that we need to protect our kids and help them grow up in a safe, respectful protected space. Can I, can I just a lot add, of that space is online and we don't know what's going on there or how they're responding to it. Right. And I, I just want to add to that because I, I feel like sometimes people don't understand how bad this is. That they maybe from a distance very uh, you know, subjectively and or having not had personal experience think, oh, they can't take a little bit of criticism. And I'll just say this, that when my youngest daughter was bullied uh, over the internet and um, I took those comments and saved them all and I phoned her mo- the mother of the boy who was doing the bullying and I read them to her there was about 40 or 50 of them when I got to about 10 she broke down in tears and said please stop reading them to me and I said no my daughter had to read them I had yep. to read them you're going to listen to them and at about 20 she hung up <sighs> because it was too much Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you that if you don't realize this is a problem you've not had personal experience with it or you don't realize how bad it can get yeah i mean that's heartbreaking and it goes along with something that i wrote about in my book but as 
just out of curiosity, every year when I'm about to teach students about cyberbullying, I always ask my classes, raise your hand if you've been cyberbullied or if you know someone who's ever been cyberbullied. And I tell you, every hand goes up. Hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Kids know about other kids. If it's not them, they know what's happening. And, you know, it's easy for us adults to write it off because it's not, you know, there was no internet when we grew up. So we don't know how that feels or how permanent it is. Or how important it, it is, away. right? I mean, yeah. think about how important it is to, I mean, to adults too, mm-hmm. but children, they want to have the most Instagram likes. They want to have uh, retweets on Twitter. They, a lot of them value the uh, positive reinforcement they get from social media. So as much as they value that say, positive... I wouldn't say it's positive reinforcement. Well, no, I would but, just think it's a dopamine drop of a life. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you value something, then you also value it being taken away from you. Yeah. If it's important right. to get likes and retweets, it's just as devastating to have somebody just go after you mercilessly right. online. Right. And, you know, I think it's important for us to remember, too, that there's a lot of kindness that happens online. Mm-hmm. You know, the research shows that kids are mostly kind to each other. And I think that we need to encourage that more and support that more so that the, the kindness outweighs the cruelty. Um, and we can't forget, as you say, that the cruelty to a child can be devastating. Mm-hmm. Diana, curious if you find, you know, w- when we were growing up, it seemed... Uh, I, I I don't know bullies. It was you know maybe you know getting slapped around, getting punched. You know that you know that teasing nonstop. And for me, I remember a lot of boys doing it. Um, and I'm not saying that because of course there were girls doing it as well. But what I'm hearing now is girls being exceptionally mean to other girls, you know, especially with social media, with Instagram and all that sort of stuff. is Are you finding that as well? Is, is that what you're seeing too? Well, with girls, it's different. Mm. <laughs> with girl, girls, it's a lot more subtle and harder to detect. And it's funny that you asked that question because that's actually the incident that I referred to earlier that was the impetus for founding cyber civics at our school hmm. was actually a situation in which the girls, there was a girl posting pictures of other girls on a social media network and she was posting pictures in which they looked really ugly or inappropriate or, you know, in a way that would be hurtful to the other girls. And so as an adult looking in, it's kind of hard to detect mm-hmm. <laughs> how that would feel mm-hmm. to, if you were the person who didn't look so great in a picture. But I think that's a good example of, you know, whether or not you call that cyberbullying, uh, it's kind of on the fence there, but it, the bottom line is it's hurtful to the kids that are involved. I so love that's, that's what I see a lot more with girls. I, 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 when I was on your webpage today, one of your quotes um, I really liked, and it said, you know, in some ways I feel the tech talk is replacing the sex talk because our kids are learning about sex from tech yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, as, as parents having that conversation, you know, maybe the sex talk was a little awkward and a little weird. Um, and maybe now as, as parents, we don't know as much about tech as, we, as, as our kids do, so we could feel in overhead. It's almost like I think sometimes that the roles are reversed. You know, as adults, yeah. you'd like to think you know a little bit more about sex when you're having that talk with your kids but when it comes to tech it might be different um where did that comment come from like it was that just you know just watching this how it's all been unfolding uh, for you and your work over the years well you know where that came from is years ago i read a study that um for seven-year-olds the third most googled term is porn <laughs> yeah. I'll let that sink in for a minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, very young kids are getting exposure to inappropriate images online. 
Um, and I know this to be true, not just from the research, but I, it's funny. I just taught a lesson on sexting on Monday uh. to two rooms of eighth graders. And, you know, they've all seen stuff like this online already, you know? So I think that the tech talk comes first before the sex talk because kids are getting their sex from tech. You know? well, why isn't it's unfortunate. It, why isn't it just... Why isn't the easy solution to simply block or... Turn it off. Turn it off. Um, well, turning it off is, you know, I wish it were that easy, but, you know, there's screens everywhere we go. I mean, we go to the doctor's office, to the supermarket, in somebody's car, at grandma's house, there's a screen. So it's virtually impossible to turn it off today. So our kids are being exposed to screens from the minute they're infants. And well, look around. What do they see? Adults looking at screens. That and, and the everywhere. fact that, you know, turning it off doesn't mean that uh, some vile story about your yes. child is not still yeah. being passed around the entire school through uh, social right. media. Yeah. Right. Di- Diana, we're almost out of time. I'm just curious if you have some tips, you know, maybe your top three tips when it comes to um, online interaction about, uh, you know, raising young people in the, in this world. Of, uh, of tech, what would they be? Well, number one, parents should talk to their children about their online lives. Even though we didn't grow up with this, we're still wiser than our kids, and it's important to have that open door of communication. Ask them what they're doing. Have them show you what they're doing. Number two, I think education is so important. Um, if your schools aren't already teaching digital literacy, including cyberbullying lessons, ask them why not okay. and demand that they do. And number three, if you are going to have your young child on a phone, please use parental control software. Mm. It's so important that they have a little help in managing what they see online. Diana Graber joining us this afternoon, the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World, the co-founder of CyberWise. You can find her on Twitter at Diana Graber. The website is dianagraber.com. The other one to check out, cyberwise.org. Lots of great information there. Diana, thank you so much for joining us for this important conversation today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, It's wonderful to talk about these things. Thanks. Take care now. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.